Hello all you cats, dogs, and other friends in the animal kingdom. Pat Brendan Arnapol here welcoming you to part two of side A of Elvis Costello and the attractions Get Happy. We will continue our journey through possession all the way to high fidelity. So get ready as the ADD-fueled hijinks of Lizzie Siegel and I continue. Give it a listen, and if you feel it, enjoy it. Possession! This is the song that when they were recording it, Steve Naive like threw down the cover, like the piano key cover was like, I'm sick of playing this fucking music. Apparently got drunk on the lunch break, fell in love with a waitress and wrote this song. Still married, by the way, and wrote this song in the taxi cab on the way back to the studio. Um, Reminds me of when I would write papers the night before and... I'd be like, hey, Doc, how was my paper? It's like, well, it uh, reads like you wrote it the night before it was due. Be like, because I did. Yeah, that's the only way to write papers. I didn't, I, I sat down to write my dad's eulogy like the night before his funeral. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God, I remember the day before our wedding revising our, our vows. Like, Right? Yeah. Gotta have last minute pressure to get anything done. Yep. Um, okay, so yeah, possession. I I was surprised the, the first time I listened to it to hear like a like a very obvious reference to the Beatles, right? The opening lines are Like if there's anything do. that yeah. you want if there's anything i can't do <laughs> yep. um but yeah but it is in line with like later in the album they cover a mersey beats song so i'm like Absolutely. i don't know is this just like another nod to like the mersey beat scene oh i mean it, it definitely is so there's a song party girl on armed forces that literally ends with that kind of descending guitar figure from i want you that mm-hmm. doom, doom, down, doom, doom, down, you know. Uh, um, yeah. And of course, there's this one right here. If there's anything that you want, that's, yeah, that that's straight up from it. I like that while musically, you know, in terms of style, it can be a little more subtle in terms of songwriting. But like when he's like, yeah, I'm taking from like, if he's like, I am taking something like it's big, like yeah. reach out, I'll be there on King Horse mm-hmm. or like this Beatles line on this one. Like, and it, it's, it, it's straight up there. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely. And the whole song has more of a sort of like poppy, like uh bubblegum melodic kind of feel. I feel like that feels like Beatlesy or like Oh, very much so. Yeah. And it was, de- it's definitely one of the singles from, from the album. I think there were four. And this is the first single that we've heard so far. Shocks it, me that yeah. the imposter was not a single. That would have been a fucking fantastic. Really? I feel like that. No, like. You don't think people I, would go for that? I've already... <laughs> Maybe that's 2000. That's 2022 talking. I mean, I've already explained that it's like, I'm still. I'm too like, insane. Still I'm still reeling from it. I'm still starting to only kind of like that song. 
it's, fair enough. It's just, it's just that the zany organ is so distracting. Again, like the rest of But like, and there's good, and there's like, there's some organ parts that are like, it's great. But like, then there's just like, it just gets like, it feels like you're in like, like turns my brain into a circus. It's like a little overwhelming. It's like a, it's, it's like a roller coaster, but not a good roller coaster. It's like a roller coaster at a carnival. Exactly. Like a state fair. Exactly. Kind of it's like it's kind of shitty and a little too fast and a little like, too like like yeah. yeah 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 for sure um I wrote down for possession I don't I don't remember what this part sounds like right now but I wrote down that the the bridge is Beatles-esque I don't know I guess there's some part of the song that felt particularly Beatlesy to me but of course I like was just kept looking for like Beatles references once that opening line Very Beatles. Yeah, for sure. Sounds like something on help. Yeah. Kind of, or Hard Day's Night or something like that. Absolutely. He is kind of, in terms of his adolescence, because his parents split up, he like grew up half in Liverpool, half in London. Right. Yeah. So he's very much like all that stuff, all those bands are are, are very much a part of his life yeah, and his the culture Beat and everything. Scene. Absolutely. Um, and I also made a note. Oh, so, oh, wait, I'm sorry. You were just about to say something. Okay. No, go ahead. I'm very bad with interruptions. Oh, no. Did you just mute yourself? Or were you just talking quietly? I muted myself on purpose <laughs> so I could hear what you had to say next. <laughs> I, um, this is my control. <laughs> that's good. I um, I just also made a note about how much I like the, the wordplay with lacklust and lackluster. <laughs> Yeah, I like this one. I mean, it, it it's a it's over quick. It doesn't go on too long. I think it's like two minutes long. It's yeah, it's it never got a catchy doesn't little riff. Exactly, exactly. So we we like possession. Yeah, it's just like a nice little song. Don't have a whole lot exactly. else to say about it. No, no, there isn't. There isn't. Now, men called uncle. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> to begin so <laughs> i made i made a note most of my notes are like this reminds me of something else or i could hear this being done this way so this <laughs> is a this reminds me of album right so this is like a weirdly specific thing to compare it to but the opening of the song and the verses <laughs> sound to me like they would fit perfectly as like the theme song for a really cheesy sitcom from like the early 80s. (laughs) 
like family matters or like step by step or something yeah it's very oliver's army ish too yeah oh yeah you're you're right it is but but yeah i was just listening to it and i was like this would make a great cheesy like family oriented sitcom uh theme song starring um, suzanne summers yes exactly i also wrote drum beat good at end of chorus i don't i don't know i guess there is a, a like an oh yeah always yeah and i love i love that when it goes from the chorus and it goes into that bridge when you wake up soul music right oh yeah yeah it's it's a little it's one of the more kind of like danceable tracks on the album yeah i think so there's something about just the name men called uncle that gives me kind of creepy vibes though. well there's there's the there's right. the tv show man called man oh from the man uncle. from uncle with a k and it's yeah. u-n-k-l-e yeah yeah it's i never watched it. it has no appeal i know there's a vague connection to ian fleming there but that's about it but I mean, you know, I mean, there's some, I, again, this is a song where I think I dig the music more than the lyrics. Yeah. Now there's news. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's an allusion to, you know, somebody having like multiple lovers or like and something with like older men older men older men younger women and yeah. the kind of weirdly exploitative kind of relationships yeah. there a vuncular relationship a vuncular is a great word by the a way vuncular a vuncular is a great like relating word. to uncles yes absolutely um, there's a it reminds me a little bit of there's a song on imperial bedroom called end in every home Mm-hmm. And there's a line in the song, she's only 35 going on 17. Oh. That's like, it, that's kind of just That's a sort big of, yikes for me. It's a big yikes as well. Like the idea of like, I don't know if it's like growing up too fast or something like that. I, the idea of like, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a classic kind of sexist thing that songwriter men songwriters do where it's like, I see you flirt with the other guys and I don't like it. Um, you do say, I have to say I relate to it a little bit in the sense that I am, I'm 35. I'm about to turn 36, but I still dress like a teenager and get carded all the time and re- look really young. So I got that. And often get a lot of attention from much older men, which always makes it way creepier. So like, very creepy. Thank yeah. you for your insight on that. I it's not really a place I have to speak from. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I feel like I get more attention from like old creepy guys because I look younger, which just makes it so much grosser all the time. Whew, anyway. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean it's there's the thing like
it, you know, it's, it's, I, um, Amy Mann and Ted Leo had a podcast together after they did the both album. I always meant um, to listen to that. I forgot it's, about it. It's good. It's very good. I highly recommend the Ian Mackay, the lead singer of Fugazi. Episode. Yeah, no, I know Ian Mackay. Yeah. I, I knew him as uh, haunting the bookshelves of politics and prose bookstore <gasps> in DC all the time. Oh Still wearing his Dickie shorts, t-shirt, and like, uh, and, uh, you know, one of those like, uh, like train conductor hats or like. Good for uh, him. He's like 55 going on 17. He is 55. Ah! And then their, their drummer Actually, how always. Old is he in the guy? Their drummer always used to come to the store as a chaperone for his kids' school when Mm -hmm. they would be like a children's author. (laughs) We we would be there. It'd be like a Tuesday morning. We'd be like, that's the drummer from Bugazi. Like, oh my God, he's right there. Oh my God. And um, it was, uh, yeah, it was great. And then finally, like he told me and my my coworker, Josh, shout out to Josh. um, He'd be like, just come over here, like, do you want to say hi? We're just like, hi, we're real big fans. Oh my um, God. Yeah. Amazing. Um, also, I just want to say I fact checked and Ian McKay is actually 60. Wow. I know. Mm. I don't know. 60 Crazy. going on, going on. Man, minor much threat younger, was a long if you ask time ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. All right. So <laughs> enough talk of older men. Yeah, right. Clown time it's is a over. it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> enough, enough. Could you say that one Thank more you. time? Enough talk you. of older men because because clown time is over. Clown time is over. Yes. I actually, we- I like. I really wanted clown time is over to be after the imposter, just because the imposter gives me such big like circus like carnival clown vibes and i just thought it would be funny if it was but it's like it's like circus now it's thank you it's like circus vibes but like from like knocked up where they take acid and go to cirque du soleil (laughs) like that it's kind of those vibes yeah yeah clown time is over might be my favorite song on the album oh really i love it it always the lyrics always kind of stuck with me i i don't really know i guess like so I, I'll, I'll go into what i think the lyrics are about in a sec but he says it, it was trying to be like a curtis, curtis mayfield, mayfield song. yeah and it's like i kind of hear that in like the really sweet harmony like that keyboard yeah. it's really like kind of beautiful and it has that same kind of beat as Opportunity and Secondary Modern, where it's just that four on the floor, like almost metronome drums. The song I think of the most when I listen to this, though, is it's like as though Curtis Mayfield recorded, like wrote lyrics and sang over A New Career in a New Town by David Bowie. Oh my god, do you know what I'm hearing though now? But what is that? There's something about it that is making me think of heroes. Um, I think maybe just because Yeah, I agree. Totally. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how to make the sound with my mouth, but that weird synthesize though. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was trying to do. Yes. 
Yeah, absolutely. Totally. So I feel like this is the soul, like Bowie hybrid, like track for me. And I think that's why it's so strange sounding that that's why it really sticks in my head. You know, tears on your blackmail. Tears on your blackmail. Return to ransom. I just imagine, you know, like somebody having like scratch marks on them from like a like a lover or something like that it's really interesting because it kind of harkens back a bit to like the kind of paranoid and political like fascist like surveillance kind of stuff of like green shirt or a lot of songs on armed forces Mm -hmm. but it's more poetic and abstract and a little more ambiguous lyrically a little bit um and less about like Oliver's army is here, like, or, you know, they're running to the night rally. It's, it's, it's a little more like, um, like a series of close-ups rather than like a big white, like a big panorama. Sure. Yeah. And I really, I just, I kind of love that. Just like, and it's again, very Bowie, like, you know, Bowie's not going to write a song that's like explicit about something like that. It's going to be these kind of at vaguely abstract lyrics like, you know, I'm breaking glass in my room again or, you know, something like that, especially a voice. A voice know what that means but I love it and I love the way he sings it and almost too good Because <laughs> for gamble, I love I singing if, it. I don't know if it's just because I'm like a huge true crime weirdo, but I, I hear that line about Lover's Lane and I'm like, ooh, Son of Sam. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and this is Son of Sam times. Yeah. For sure. Sorry, Son of Sam. I have to enunciate <laughs> my words a little better if I'm going to be a podcaster. Um, absolutely. And I would, I wouldn't be, I mean, he spent a lot of time in New York city. He was Mm -hmm. big buddies with Richard Hell. Um, and I, um, yeah, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if that. And that was, wasn't that the summer of 77? I I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so appropriate timing. Yeah. So again, there's like all these things that you can sort of pick out from it to me it's kind of like you know like a lot of great art it's like it's what you bring to it that stuff is there if you want to look for it you know but it could also just kind of be it's also just a song and i i really love it there's also there's a there's kind of an outtakes album of his called taking liberties Mm -hmm. that has a very kind of curtis mayfield vibe to it i'll play that for you really quick the kind of alternate version Upon 
Yeah, I like that. I read something about the the like second version of it, but I didn't get a chance to listen to it. Uh, and yeah, ooh, that was that's that's fun. I like that. I know. It's like, I, it's like I, a- I like them both equally. I can't choose which one I like better. Um, I mean, I guess the the one that ended up on the album fits in better with the rest of the album. Yeah, for sequencing like, wise, energetic. I agree. Yeah, energetically. Yeah. Um, also, I can't think of. I can't hear it in my head right now, but I wrote that I really like the organ riff that's in the bridge and at the end of the song. Great. It gets stuck again. (laughs) There's so many little things about this song that are just like end up as shrapnel kind of like in my, like in my brain. And like it's an album where like you can you hum the bass lines or you sing along with the organ and that kind of stuff as much as you would sing along or memorize the words and i just think it's so it's such a rich album like in ter- musically and so kind of like generous and like exciting and interesting i just i love it and i think this song to me kind of sums up a lot of it's a it's a bit of an outlier, but it kind of sums up so much of what I love about about Get Happy is that it is kind of like it is it's it's going for it. It's going to 11 and it's showing off. But there's also in this it's 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 more polished at times than it, it intends to be, I think. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I, I love Clown Time is Over. I think it's I think it's fantastic. It's, a good it's definitely might be my favorite song on the album, if not top two or three for sure i like that we i feel like we both have very different like favorites and i like that it's more interesting absolutely (laughs) i feel i'm very curious to kind of once we get to the end to like go through what we think like our our top five or top three favorite tracks are on this yeah all right speaking of new new amsterdam New this Amsterdam. is one of your favorites? Yeah, I really love it. And part of it too, I think, I guess like what it has in common with Secondary Modern, which I, which I also love is that both, both of these songs really, like while I love the energy of the album, you do kind of have to have breaks from it throughout. And this one is just like a little bit of like a slower, folkier. And this was what right, this was just Elvis recorded all of this himself, right? I think because mm-hmm. they the were the only like track gonna... on the album he didn't produce. Right. He cause... produced that Nick Lowe did not. Yeah. Right, so yeah. this is sole solo producer on this one and yeah, played cause... all the instruments. 
yeah they were gonna re-record it but then nothing was as good as the one that he had made by himself I guess so yeah I I really like this um I think the lyrics are fun great wordplay here things about the brakes and clutches and car parts um also I, for all the car the car heads out there this one's for you yeah this is a gearhead podcast now <laughs> no but i i really like this song i love the double dutch double duchess uh i do resent that i live in a world where i have such awareness of tiktok because there's that line where he says listen to the tiktok down on the main spring listen to the tiktok and now my brain every time i hear it i um hear that like robot lady tiktok voice like check out this new hack for how to cook an egg (laughs) down on the mainspring listen to the tiktok clock all the faces that move in on your block exactly like that's what happens quite shy and dog tired because my dog Yeah. So every time I hear that line now, I'm like, ah, fucking TikTok lady voice in my head. Um, So that's the one, the the one bummer about it. But I find it's a really, I don't know. There's something about the flow of the song that's, I don't know. I just like it, man. We, it's great. It, It is, it is, it is endlessly catchy. It's, it's a great, you know, if I was putting together like 10 or 12 songs to send to somebody, be like, who the fuck is Elvis Costello? This song would be on it for sure. Yeah. 100%. Um, it was definitely maybe my favorite song on the album when I first listened to it. Um, Cause I mean, the wordplay is just undeniable. That's and great. you give me a lip after punching me silly you turned my head till it rolled down the brain drain if i had any sense now i wouldn't want it back again yeah Yeah. and there was i was reading one of the things i was reading they were saying that the brain drain was a reference to like a bunch of people was it leaving the uk and coming to the u.s for absolutely yeah and so like new amsterdam is new york but then also they like recorded this in the Netherlands, which is absolutely a funny for sure thing. And absolutely. Also, I don't know if this is true. The internet is a dangerous place to get information, and I did not fact check it. But somebody said that Buell is a Dutch name, so who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Anything <laughs> is possible for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I also, this feels very much like it's kind of a nostalgic song. There's, there's a lot of longing here. Yeah. There's a lot of looking back on memories of everything. There's not much present being here, except. London, it's kind of has a bit of a vibe of like, when you go back to a place after you've been away for a while, it's just not the same. I always think about coming home from like the very first fall break from college. Oh yeah. And just being like, wow, this is so different. This is like simultaneous. It's like so much 
the world is much smaller and quainter than than you thought before you left. I remember I saw this is the this dates me, but I saw Garden State like three weeks before I left for college, and then I yeah, saw it again same, on basically. fall break mm-hmm. when I came home because my brother wanted to see it, and it was just like wow, this is like two different movies having been away and come back to where like I grew up. It's like, wow, this is totally, it's a totally different viewing experience for me now that I've actually left. Yeah. Um, and I was, Man, I was gone I like six. So I fucking love that movie out. too. I do. And um, I was gone like six to eight weeks tops. And yet you would have thought I had traversed the globe. Like I was three hours away, gone for less than two months. And it was just like, man, I've seen some shit. Like, so I just, I, there is some kind of a kind of deep longing. a very like 20 something like man you're just like you're just living he not busy being born is busy dying man um <laughs> yes. so yeah no this is a great one it's definitely one of the one of the best on the album for sure all right oh high, high fidelity, fidelity. legendary due to its uh you know use by nick hornby for his classic book which inspired a lot of people my age to be really snotty about music and wait was the book title a reference to this song absolutely yeah really i didn't know that i've never read because this came out 79 and high fidelity came out sometime in the 80s i think or early 90s i mean i've seen the movie uh-huh. It's great. I actually rewatched it um, sometime in the last like year, I think. How does oh, it hold because, up? Oh my God. I actually loved it so much. So really? I, yeah. Well, I saw it forever ago. Well, so here's the, well, here's the thing. Here's why, maybe why I loved it so much. I think the first time I saw that movie, there were so many tiny little musical references or like albums in the backgrounds of shots that I would ne- like not have known and appreciated. Um, and now watching it with all my years of experience i'm just like oh check out like look at that album in the background or that poster you know and the soundtrack is so good and i don't know it's a it's great good. one i wanted to sure. re i wanted to rewatch it because i wanted to watch the tv show but i hadn't seen the movie in forever so i was like oh the tv show it. sadly canceled i actually was... ended up not even ever watching it. it's <laughs> should I? awesome okay yeah i will it's great Cause it is a really, it's just a fantastic adaptation of that, of the spirit of the book and the movie and updating it and giving it to Zoe Kravitz who just like kills it. I just love that. It's Zoe Kravitz. Who's yeah. the daughter of Lisa Bonet who was in the movie. It's yep. Absolutely. Beautiful. For sure. For sure. And I just love I love, you know, I mean, I could go on about this, but we're not, we're not here to talk about this. We're here to talk about the song High Fidelity. Yes. yes. Anyway. Which was originally speaking of like the low and heroes references. 
was was originally written to be a really kind of slower, more moony, eerie, station to stationy mm-hmm. vibe. There's a live version of it that's very. Um, oh yeah, you sent it to me. I ended up finding it. Did you listen to it? I did. Yeah, it was very different. It's cool. Yeah, way more kind of station to station kind of sound. Yeah, here. even his voice. He's like doing like a Bowie impression. Oh, such a Bowie impression. Yeah. And I think it's just like he's, I think people don't always pick up on it because he's not quite fully developed as a singer. He's also like, he's, he's one of the rare people where his voice actually gets better as his career goes on. And, and yeah, he's, he's definitely going full bully here. Bowie. Yeah. Not bully. He's a pit bull, but Bowie. The How and the, op- the mind is that <laughs> right? Well, you know, come on. The opening line is also a reference to the Supremes. That's a song. Some things you never get used to. That's such a such a great such a great line and such a great. It's a song title. Yeah. Oh my God! That's such a great song title. It is a good song title. <sighs> Um, the, there's something about this song musically, like the opening really reminds me of something and I don't know what it is. I've been trying to figure it out like the whole time. I I, like started writing down like a whole bunch of like, is it this, is it this? But then I would go listen to that song and I was like, oh no, that's not what that sounds like at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is the opening. Yeah. But yeah. It's yeah. um yeah I don't know what it is either. There is something about the song that is super familiar. I'm not I'm not really sure what it is either, but I I, I definitely agree with you that I I feel like I've heard it before. So again, very like Beatlesy, very like early '60s R&B sounding. Yeah. Like again, like a four tops, little bit not like maybe like a yeah, like that line the nothing yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's an there's a lot of the kind of desperation and like how like like emotional and like heavy like four top songs are like has a lot of like Bernadette vibe yeah. to it, but You're also right. has a little bit of like but like with like a sugar pie honey bunch like tempo at the yeah. same time. This is a very to me like I would love to hear like the four tops cover this song or something like that. <laughs> that would that would be awesome. That would be fucking incredible, you know. I mean, it really, I mean, this is a song to me. It's one of the more autobiographical ones. It's about him completely failing to be faithful to his wife and to keep, uh, to keep it together on the yeah. road. There's yeah, I, a, I mean, I love the, you know, the juxtaposition of the idea of high fidelity, fidelity in a relationship. Fidelity, like yeah, exactly. Am I coming sound. through clearly on the phone? You know, like, do I have to keep my voice down because there's somebody else there? You know, mm-hmm. all, all those kinds of things. Again, also great vocal as well. Like, so, so
so good. I, I absolutely love this song. It is. It's a real, it's a real catchy one. It is. It, it gets stuck in the head very easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely one, it's one of the few off this album. I mean, it was a single, but it's, it's one off the album. He plays, he plays almost every time I see him in concert or I've seen him in concert or he plays it. Um, like the, the first time I heard it, I couldn't even tell what word he was saying. Cause he, I feel like oh, yeah. he turns fidelity almost into like a three syllable situation. Fidelity. Fidelity. I was like, what fidelity. is he saying? <laughs> again he's like trying Dirty. to sound like the four tops Dirty. yeah you're right <laughs> you're not wrong about the that blue-eyed soul yes yeah so it's i mean it's a great i i don't can't think of much more else to say about it it's, it's yeah. just great it's good it's just, a, it's just a classic a classic indeed that concludes our coverage of side one of elvis costello and the attractions get happy Check out next week's episode where Lizzie and I will be covering Side B. Also, keep a lookout for some special episodes coming up, including some Elvis Costello side projects, as well as a very special episode inspired by Elvis Costello's 200 songs in 10 nights run at the Gramercy Theater last month. I will be doing the first of four unexpurgated episodes covering my top 200 Elvis Costello songs. You're definitely not going to want to miss that. So take care. This is Pat Brennan Arnapol wishing you well and hoping we meet again soon between your ears. This this part's not going in the podcast, right? Us like randomly talking. Oh, this will be the intro.